Good morning, everyone. My name is Teddy Ragsack, and you are listening to Instant Replay Sports Talk Show. So today, I I saw this article, or actually, it was all over ESPN, and there's this high school player by the name of RJ Hampton, and he is the number five overall high school player in the whole nation, not like position, the whole nation. He's a five-star recruit, which is as high as it gets. He's a combo guard, played at Little Elm High School in Texas, averaged 32 points per game, 10 rebounds, four steals, 6.4 assists. And, you know, you would think, okay, he's going to go to Duke or Kentucky, UCLA, something like that. He's actually decided to go overseas to play in the National Basketball League in Australia, which is a very, very uncommon move, especially for someone that was you know, ranked so high and thought so highly of. So it's a very interesting move. And now this isn't something that was had to do with his eligibility for college. He had a 3.88 GPA in high school. So he was definitely more than eligible um, to play in college basketball. But I guess he decided not to. And, you know, this is something that we've seen before. You know, we've seen it been done with, you know, Brandon Jennings and Emmanuel Moutier and you know it's there's like i'm gonna get into it but there's a lot of pros and cons to this move so the biggest thing i thought of when i first heard this was that you know there's i thought of the competition right because that's the first thing that's going to really affect his draft draft status when he declares for the nba now the the national basketball league is not seen as you know one of these leagues that has high level high-end competition now yes they're technically pros but they don't get, you know, as much exposure as the NCAA. So it's I think it will hurt his draft status. Um, but, you know, I did a, like I can't even think of like NBA greats that came out of like the NBL. And I did a little bit of research on this because I got kind of curious about this whole thing. And I guess Andrew Bogut was, was drafted first overall from the NBL, which, you know, I after him, I didn't even recognize the names. So, yes, technically, the NBL is capable of putting some of their athletes into the NBA, but I just don't see that as, like, an ideal platform for someone to showcase their talents, right? So we just don't see it happen that often. Yes, it's like it's capable. It could happen, but just it's not very, very likely. Um, And, you know, like I said before, it's really going to hurt his, you know, his draft status. You know, even if he's even if he averages like third like 20 something points a game overseas the first thing people are going to say is yeah well it's in the Australian basketball league right and then we, we even saw this with the players that ended up being good like Christoph Porzingis and Luka Doncic that was the first thing they said it was like well they're playing overseas you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see about this right so it's it's very interesting that you know even if he plays well he's still going to get discredited to some sort of extent and um what i also found interesting was that He's doing, he's doing this move and he's going to be making around probably, I think over, but he's going to be making around a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? So he have, he's a two year contract. So in total, he's probably going to make around $200,000 or I'm assuming he's going to be playing both those years, but I know he has some sort of clause in his contract that the NBA could pay the NBL around like $800,000. So that way he could be like draft eligible. So, you know, even, so he, he could potentially get drafted after his first year but what this is showing me is that he's trying to get money in like the short term, because when you're in the when you are an NCAA athlete, you're not eligible to get paid. You can't make money off your own image. You can't be, you know, that's what's all these scams and scandals that they're playing, paying these players under the table. 
So to be honest though, like part of me, like I, part of me, I think about this and I don't blame him because there's a really big chance that, you know, say he goes to the first practice, he could rip up his knee and he could, you know, make, you know, and then after that, he's just never the same. He doesn't play very well, or he could even get there fully healthy and someone could just beat him out. You know, maybe he's not as good as he thought he was or something and someone could just beat him out. And so if he does that, so if he were to go to college and those things were to happen, right, that means he would have made zero money playing basketball, right? His whole career, everything he's done and, you know, he eats, sleeps and breathes basketball. He, he does all this stuff and he just makes zero money off of it. Just like that, right? So this, this assures that he's going to make at least some money playing basketball. So one thing that I wanted to talk about too is that it, it okay, so yes, he gets some short-term financial stability, right? But he could potentially lose a lot of money. So as I said before, you know, he had offers from you know, Kentucky and Duke and Texas Tech and Memphis. Now all these schools are big name schools for basketball, right? They're really, really big name schools. So, and they're really, you know, they may not win the championship like every single year, even though like they may be the favorites, but these schools are very, very good at getting players to the next level, which is, which is what honestly is what players look for more than trying to win a national championship because they want to get paid, which makes sense. So since he's playing overseas, it's going to hurt his draft status because like I said before, people are going to discredit what he's doing. So like, for example, right, if you're the first overall pick as opposed to the 10th overall pick in the, in the first year of your contract alone, you're going to be making three million more dollars. So it's not like everyone gets paid as a rookie the same. It's where you get drafted highly affects how much you get paid um, your first two or three years. Right. And then that gap just increases over time. So by like the third year of your rookie contract, the first overall player, as opposed to like the 10th overall player gets, no, sorry, 10th overall player gets paid about $5 million more. So, you know, so hypothetically, you know, he could still get picked in the first round, but he could be losing now on like overall, like, like 12, $15 million. So it's a bit, you know what I mean? So he's taking a big chance here. Um, now the one thing that I really wanted to talk about as well, that we should all consider when like athletes make decisions like this, especially out of high school is that we have no idea what's going on, you know, in his life. He could have someone sick or he could have, you know, maybe a kid on the way or something going on or some sort of financial burden that he needs money now within the first year or two. And maybe he can't wait for his game to develop, you know, in a year or two to where he's drafted eligible and you know and maybe he needs you know his bills to pay and you know it's the real world and he has things he has to do and you know it's something that we should all really consider right because it's easy from the outside looking in being like oh well you could potentially lose like 12 million dollars or more but you know we have no idea what's going on in this guy's life so it's just it's just something we should all really think about so something that i thought of too is that i wondered i'm like you know do is this going to be a threat to the NCAA? Are we going to see this become a trend? Are we going to see players, you know, go in high school and they're going to say, no, 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 I don't want to play at Duke. I don't want to play at Kentucky. I want to play. I, I want to play overseas. Maybe that's not necessarily the NBL, but I want to go and play in like the European Basketball League, something like that. And the more I thought about it, the more ridiculous I thought this was because like I said before, the NCAA is the best platform for players to showcase their talents and to get drafted. And just a couple examples of this. I mean, there was, you know, Shabazz Napier, he didn't really pan out like that great in the NBA. And he was like a good player in college, not like a, like crazy good. 
he was a good player, but just wasn't, you know, wasn't like a super superstar. But what he did was that he tore up March Madness. He had a really, really good run in March Madness. I think LeBron made some tweets at the, at the time saying he wanted the Miami Heat to draft him, and the Miami Heat drafted him, and LeBron left, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> but it's just interesting that, you know, just based off that tournament alone that the NCAA has, like, players' draft stocks will shoot through the roof. I mean, even, even you know, these, these prospects like Jarrett Culver and DeAndre Hunter that are in this year's draft, you know what they say about them when, they, when they're getting, um, when, when scouts are analyzing them? It's like, well, he had a really good championship game in the NCAA tournament. Oh, he played really well in March Madness. And so, you know, just that tournament alone, like if you're just on a team and you're in that tournament, your skills get showcased like a thousandfold. And you could even look at someone like Darius Garland, who I don't even think Vanderbilt made the tournament. I could be wrong, but I don't even know if Vanderbilt made the tournament. But he was a point guard, and he played five games. That was it. His whole college career, he played five games. He tore his meniscus, and then he couldn't play anymore, right? And then so he's recovering from that, and he says he's draft eligible. And he's projected to be like a top five pick in the draft just by playing five games in the NCAA. He played very well, but just five games. So the NCAA, in my mind, is the best way for a college player to showcase the talent um, and get drafted. So it's a very surprising move by RJ Hampton. I'm, I'm not going to say if it's the right move or the wrong move. It's way too early to tell. And like I said, we have no idea what's going on in this guy's life. You know, he can need the money or there's all these other factors to it. Um, I'm really curious to see if this does become a trend. I would be very surprised if it does. I don't think that it will. <laughs> but anyways, guys, so you let me know what you think. Um, do you think that he made the right move? Do you think he made the wrong move? Do you think this is going to be a trend? And how do, you, how do you think this upcoming draft class is going to look? I think I'm going to make a podcast coming up just talking about this upcoming draft as you know we get closer. But like I said before, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate your support. I'm Teddy Raksak with Instant Replay Sports Talk Show, and you guys have a great day.